back to the Silent Plus podcast. My name is Josh Wofford, and across the table from me is... John Nicholson. I'm hearing Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple in the background of my mind right now as we're thinking about what's coming up. Because we're going to dig into some Deep Purple Bible study right here. All right, before we, before we go any further, <laughs> I've got to know... Not again. How many folks have approached you with this? I mean, did, did, uh, that, a few, probably, uh, probably five or six. <laughs> anybody disappointed with what color they were? Uh, well, no, I didn't have anybody ask what color they oh, were. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm the only one that has hurt feelings about yeah, this. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think Roger asked me, and, and I told him he was a light green, kind of a soft light green okay. for some reason. have no clue why. Uh, most of these have... So if I threw out a random name to you, you'd, you'd have a color for it, like Doug Vance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. So he's also green, but he's like a forest green. Of course. I mean, yeah. what, what other, you know, I, I was. Some of them. That was a ringer. I was hoping for yeah, that one. Some of them make sense, but <clears throat> then some don't. Like uh, Abby Green was here, and because her last name is Green, you would think maybe green. Uh, but I said she's kind of a, uh, of a, of a dark red. Interesting. But not maroon, but like an actual red color. Uh, kind of a, a but a, like a saturated dark red. I, I, I don't know. It's weird. That's <laughs> that's just such an like entertaining. I gave her, her whole family's you know Wheelers brown. Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's Wheeler. Uh, that is just so good. But, but yeah, so I, I I could generally do that for just about anybody. But I, you know, I I would probably have to think about some of them. That's so funny but though. Anyways, that's just so funny. Such a cool oddity thing and, and just some uh, notes from the studio this morning I've got the creaky chair so you'll be hearing that and uh, we've got a special guest with us here today my dog Marcy is here so Marcy's you, in the house if you hear heavy breathing it's not because uh, you know we're uh, all engaged or anything it's uh, just Marcy's here with us so uh, we're hoping Diane will give us five stars for Marcy being on the podcast so. canine guests on the podcast that's it anyway good stuff so what we got today Josh we are continuing our study of Ephesians uh, just as you've been on Sunday mornings uh, the next couple of Sunday mornings we're going to have Dr. Rick Lance with yep. us this excited about morning. that uh, by the time you hear this that may have already Coming happened uh, we're fi- uh, filming <laughs> we're recording this <laughs> oh, thank you're goodness. so blessed thank goodness that we're, we're not filming, not filming this uh, <laughs> we have the faces for radio I can tell you right. that uh, but that will probably already happen but uh, the following week we'll have uh, Melissa with us yeah. and she will be sharing with us what's been going on over in the Oasis yep. and so we're looking forward to that uh, but then the next week you're in Revival Cam- is that Campbellton? Carrollton Carrollton sorry yeah Carrollton yep. at Revival so I'll be preaching that week and we'll be digging into the last part of one and possibly a little bit of two as well but good deal anyway so oh, but we are continuing sure. this uh, just at our own pace, and so there may come a time we catch up. Uh, yeah, all depending so on how the Sundays, because September's going to be busy as well with Rose Sunday and then yeah. Sanford Sunday at the end of the uh, month. So I mean, it's, it's going to be kind of uh, touch and go, but we're going to get there when we get we there. We might have to slow down with this and dig in in particular to a particular word. Well, or, I'm going to tell you. Like, something like that. So We would have no difficulty doing that because it is not. so rich. That, yep, that's one I of the agree. things just to, again, kind of give you all some of the behind the scenes as we were talking this morning about about uh, doing some prep work uh, for this and what we're going to talk about, you know, it's just how um, 
rich <laughs> how deep purple this yeah. <laughs> this letter uh, really is and uh, I shared with Josh when we were talking about it that uh, you know really for the bulk of my life and I would imagine for most folks again when we think of Ephesians we just immediately race to you know for by grace you've been saved through faith or uh, put on the whole armor of God and you know those kinds of uh, things and and that's about all that we really carry away with us from Ephesians but oh my goodness there is just there's a lot so much here and it's just dense it's rich uh, wonderful so that's just kind of uh, what we get to be a part of now. yeah so here's a spiritual exercise for anybody listening and even us all right try reading Ephesians 1 3 through 14 in one breath <laughs> just take one really deep breath yeah. And read it all in one breath. Can't do it. I've tried it. I mean, it's like, you know, you're holding your breath going over the bridges. Right. And, like, the bridge just keeps going and right. keeps going and keeps going. Y'all do it with bridges? Do it now. Y'all do that with bridges? You've never held your breath going over a bridge? Not with bridges. We do it through tunnels. It's well, through the tunnel. That's yeah. what you do. Well, we do it. We've always done it with both. Total aside there. I'm sorry. Yeah, folks. sorry. <laughs> but, but anyways, this is like that. You think he's going to stop at some point, but he doesn't. No. He just keeps going. Yeah. He keeps going. Uh, and there's been much uh, made about this by commentators. Uh, there are only a few parallels in the Greek language to a sentence like this. Yeah. And by a few, I think I saw one commentator said he found three. Yeah. I, you know, one, one commentator I read about that calls it a monstrosity of the Greek language. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Well, monstrosity or masterpiece, I, I don't know. I, I would call it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the Greek language, it's a mon- uh, monstrosity, but for our theology, it's certainly uh, a, a wonderful piece of um, just worship right, that yeah. he walks into. You're exactly I, I right. That's, that's what exactly what happens. Here. He just gets caught up and can't quit, I think, yeah. is part of what goes on here. But, yeah. Just so we're clear. That is one sentence in the Greek. I don't know that we have actually said that here. Yeah, I, I don't know if you said that during your sermon. I did during the sermon, but that uh, verses 3 through 14 are one 220-word sentence um, in the in the Greek language. So it is uh, just really a remarkable um, thing that Paul does here with this. Yeah, so with this being one sentence, what is the subject, John? It's God and His glory. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's why I say God. I had pause and think there, but yeah, God, God, God is the subject because it, this is all telling us what God has done for us right. uh, through His salvation in Jesus and by giving of His Spirit, uh, and what all that looks like yeah. at a really big thirty thousand foot uh, view. And and yet, he can't take it all in, even at that range. I mean, he's just right. he's just overwhelmed. Because that was one of the things I was digging and trying to dig into before we started this. Because I, I wanted to see, like, have you ever graphed a sentence before? You maybe have done that. Yeah, in I was terrible English. at it. Uh, you do that in English classes, but you get into Greek classes as well. They make you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have all these diagrams and stuff. And so I was trying to figure out what the diagram of this looked like. Uh, and, yeah, God is... He's it. It's, it's all about God. Yeah. And everything that comes from that uh, that is in this section is all about what God has done for us yeah and that's that almost sounds humanistic and self-centered but I don't think Paul is addressing it that way at all well he's certainly not because he brings it home there at the end of verse 14 is to the glory uh, to the praise of his glory that's right. that's the purpose of all this what God is doing to us for us in us and through us all of the things 
all that God is doing is 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 not for us. It's for His glory, and, and yeah. we'll discover at the end of chapter one, uh, one of the you know one of those other things is that even our salvation, maybe especially our salvation, is not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about the glory of God. Yeah, I, I preached a sermon. It was I say it's one of my first sermons. It was a very early sermon that I preached, uh, and it was called "Why Did God Save You." Hmm. And I preached from this passage. Yeah. And because all, uh, there's at least twice, I, I may be missing one, but at least twice that he says that he did all this. And then, you know, you have, uh, I'm going to have to find it, verse six, to the praise of his glorious grace. Yeah. That, that's why he did that. Three occasions he says this. Yeah. Six, 12, and, and 14. Yeah. Well, there you go. Because you studied this more recently than I have. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that is a, a repeated refrain here mm-hmm. that that he has done all this so that we may praise yeah. him. And so, and one of the analogies that I use for this, and I also use it for other sermons that I use, uh, imagine you buy a toaster. You go home, you plug it in. What, what are you expecting it to do? Make toast. Yeah. If you get a blender, you plug it in, you put all your stuff in there, and you hit on, what are you expecting it to do? Fruit smoothies. <laughs> yeah, that, right. and other things too. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you buy an oven, you expect it to, to cook. You right. get, uh, you know, hook up a water faucet, you expect water to come out. Right. If those things stop doing what they're supposed to be doing, are they actually those things anymore? <sighs> sort of, but not really. Right. Yeah. What what do we do? Like God created us for a purpose. So where are you going? That's great. Okay. And, and what what is that purpose? Now I I would say we have more than just one single solitary purpose, but I do believe we have one single overarching absolutely purpose. Yeah, that's a good way. And that purpose is found right here in Ephesians one three through fourteen. Yeah. To the praise of His glory. Yeah. Uh, and so that's. Uh, when I read that, I think, yeah, this is it. Well, and, you know, and on that note, you know, and I'm just thinking through that, it's, you know, if we're created in his image and we're created to re- rightly reflect his image, that, that fits right into that because we were created for God's glory and so we should be reflecting that glory back through our lives. That's, yeah. uh, I think that fits beautifully. And I'm, you know, what the, another thought that comes to mind is Jesus' uh, statement in, um, in the Sermon on the Mount where he says, be perfect as as I am perfect be holy as I'm perfect is, is the term that's used there in the Greek and it's it's telos it's it's be what you are designed to be mm-hmm. just like I am what I'm designed to be what yep. I'm what I'm supposed to be and so fulfilling that to be to the glory of God is is a uh, incredible recognition by Paul and that's one of the things he's trying to wake us up to I think here yeah um, another thing, we'll kind of jump to the end because okay. I, I just love this. I'm working in Acts 2 right now in my doc- doctoral studies, and so the Spirit is just kind of on my mind. But here it says that we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So right. there's a, to the praise of His glory again. However, it's this guarantee of our inheritance that I just love that 
it, you I think you've mentioned it before I I tend to subscribe to this idea of inaugurated eschatology okay. what in the world does that mean so what, what does that mean <laughs> that's deep purple yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes it is uh, so inaugurated means already but not yet uh, so there has been uh, Jesus when he came he's ushered in these latter days that the Old Testament speaks of but now we're not Latter-day Saints in the Mormonism idea, but I am a Latter-day Saint in the biblical idea. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Uh, let's, let's let's speak speak you to you that already. Your ordination, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I am I'm not uh, going down that path. However, I, I do believe we are in what the Bible calls the latter days. Yeah, but we're not there all the way there yet. That's right. The end of Revelation hasn't happened yet. Right. But there is this inbreaking of God's kingdom already. But the fulfillment of it has not yet come. There we go. And when we receive this Holy Spirit, He's He's given us this His Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. He's saying, "Here's my promise. Here's here's something that you can literally. I, I believe these uh, this language, you know, goes along with. I don't know how a." Uh, Adrian Peterson. Andrew, Eugene Peterson there he is. <laughs> does this with the message, but he could probably translate this as he gave us his Holy Spirit and we could take that to the bank. Yeah. Like, and when that's we. The, that's the thrust of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I just love that language there. Well, and I think um, the language, he, he that as, a, as you say there at the end of this section, is a culmination of all of that because he's all those verbs that are up there, what God has done, how he's blessed us, he's chosen us, he's predestined us, he's blessed us more, he's lavished, you know, he's bestowed on us. All of these things that God has done, we've got the documentation. That yep. the inheritance is ours, if you will. Yep. And not only the documentation, but the continuing evidence. Uh, because we're experiencing that right now. Uh, how God is lavishing upon us. How he is making himself known. How he is bringing unity to the church. Uh, you know, These are all the things that God is doing. And, and they they remind us that, yeah, that inheritance belongs to him. You know, in case I may forget. Or if I misplace my bank note. You know, I, yep. I know I've still got it. Because <laughs> uh, it's been guaranteed to me. So... All right, here's a question for you, Pastor John. Lay it on me. What does it mean in verse 10 when he says that he is uniting all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth? What does that mean? It, to unite all things. I, I think that is restorative language, reconciliation language. It is return to the original design and order of creation. Mm-hmm. Paul, you know, picks that up in Romans where he talks about creation groaning since, uh, you know, the, the fall. Uh, there's brokenness in all creation. We, we've seen that real recently in the last couple of years with the COVID pandemic. You know, we, right. we've experienced uh, creation not behaving as it should. Okay. Yep. And so bringing that back under its rightful rule and rightful design under Christ. That's that's part of what we get to be part of. We're on the front edge of that. I forget who it was, but he calls the church and, and again, this letter is all about the church. It's it's about what God is doing in the church in, in so many ways. Such a beautiful picture. But they they call the church as, as um, what's the term that they use? Outposts or um, a forward operating basis, I think, was the term that kind of gets to the Ephesians 6 yeah. notion. 
but we're we're the the forerunners of the kingdom. It's already here. We we are we're getting a we get to bring off an early indication of what it's going to be in mm-hmm. all of its fullness. Yeah, um, and so it's not just. We we in our, our westernized Christianity, and again, when I say that, I'm not talking about cowboys on horseback on the Great Plains of Wyoming. I'm talking about our heritage. Nothing wrong with that. No, I like that. I'm, I'm all about some of that. Uh, but our, our our cultural inheritance from, from Greek and Roman world, uh, that's a Western mindset. And we have inherited from that this notion that salvation, and, and particularly when you couple that with the Enlightenment, who's getting f- philosophical background in place, but when you couple that with uh, with the enlightenment, we have this idea that that salvation is just some spiritual event, and it's when we die we go off to heaven by and by. And some of our hymns reflect that in very poor fashion, and we carry it around with us, and that's kind of what we've begun to think. Yeah. But the thrust, the entire thrust of Scripture is, is that God is not abandoned creation. He's not a. He, he's always. He's he has a great love for what He has created. Yeah. The stuff, uh, the, the the created order, it, it sings his praise. You know, Jesus on the way into Jerusalem, and they, uh, you know, give him grief about everybody praising. He said, if they weren't if they weren't praising me, the rocks would cry out. Yep. So there's a liveliness and a responsiveness in the stuff of creation to the presence of its creator. Mm-hmm. And so when Paul is talking about uniting all things, there's this division that's occurred. There's this break. There's this breach. And I think that's what's going on. And it's this plan for the fullness of time. I love that language, the kairos. I'm sure I don't have my Greek in front of me, but I'm sure that that's being indicated here, that it's at just the right time. It's not going to happen haphazardly. God's got this under control. He's got this planned. And he's going to bring everything back to rights at just the right moment. That'll breach. Why do you think that? <laughs> How about that? I think that was a good, good answer to that question. Well, that's that's uh, just where I am with that. That's where my brain goes to to those kinds of things. But yeah, I, I don't think that we can make enough of that issue of reconciling, of uniting all things in Him. Yeah. Um, you know, and you you mentioned last week the, the your, I see you going to Colossians. Oh yeah, yeah. That's... Our minds our minds are going to the same place. Read <laughs> right. it. You got it. Uh, man, well, there's there's a whole there's lot of it. Places I was going to. Uh, 121, right. and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and fat, steadfast, uh, so on and so forth. I'm sorry, and I, I meant to go up two more verses. Verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth we're in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. Yeah. And then he goes into the individual, like you, uh, and that's probably a, a y'all there, yeah. however, but it applies to individuals as well. So it is it is all things, mm-hmm. and what's so good about that is that includes you and me. Exactly, and that's what Paul is inviting us to wake up to. I, as I read chapter 1 of Ephesians, and, and again, as I've had the privilege now and, and doing sermon prep and really looking at Ephesians again quite seriously and looking hard. I, really, the entirety of chapter one is Paul just trying to shake some people awake because there is so much going on that they could just miss it. You know, they mm-hmm. they just blunder right by it. Yeah, go on with their normal lives and miss all the 
all the stuff that's happening. Uh, you know, it'd be like sleeping through a, a, a thunderstorm at night. People do that. But man, the majesty and the power of, of one of those big thunderstorms that comes rolling through at, at 1.30 in the morning, you know. Uh, man, there's a lot of display that's going on that people just miss. Mm-hmm. But there are also people that just walk through their lives oblivious to what God's doing on around doing around them. And that's what Paul is saying. I want you to get this. I, I wish I could, you know, he, he's breathless about all the stuff God's yeah. doing. And, right. and it's to the praise of his glory, you know, and we get to get in on it. And then he prays for him here in, in verses 15 and following. We'll get into that another time. But it's just an amazing thing. What's some other stuff that you didn't bring out in your sermon or some things you want to bring out again that you want to emphasize again? Uh, uh, I, there, <laughs> again, it really, for me, it is if, if, if we can do anything, if, if, if this um, series through Ephesians, if this extended time where we really hone in and focus on what the message of Ephesians is, because, again, all of this, this prelude that Paul is writing is for the church to wake up to its role, its responsibility, its opportunity. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting like Paul. There are so many words yeah. that would come to mind. I think here. all of those are true. Yeah. But just to wake us up to what we are as church. Mm-hmm. In, in God's economy and, and in what God is doing in the here and now it certainly has future um, implications and future importance. But there's, there's something happening right now in the life of the church that, you know, where God has, as he says here, all these verbs that he lays out, what God has blessed, how he's made himself, know, how he's predestined us. What a marvelous thing mm-hmm. that God has done to us, through us, and in us. Yeah for the purpose of uniting all those things. You know, it's it's part of this big plan. Uh, we're, we're part of that restoration process. And I just hope we can get a hold of some of that um, uh, through this. And, I, and, you know, I'm struggling. I guess it, it kind of helps me understand what Paul is, is trying to get because he's, he's yeah. struggling with that as well. How do I, how do you even communicate something this huge to people who may or may not be awake? Well, being inspired by the Spirit, I think he did a pretty good job of it. Certainly is helpful. I'm just going to say, just look at Paul. I think he got it right. That's exactly right. Uh, And I think something else out of this for you, hang on to that. Yeah. Is the writing, the the order that he he places on this, this is God's business. Yeah. This is what God is. Now, now we're involved. We're invited into this story. Which he makes clear in chapter 2. Absolutely. But we are not the main player. And again, I think that is a, uh, a symptom of our Western Christianity and particularly our hyper-individualized American Christianity where it's about me, mm-hmm. my Christianity. And I think this is a place where the uh, the y'all version of the Bible would come in handy for us to have. Uh, like I said, I, I know that they've got it online. I'm waiting on my hard copies so I can <laughs> yeah. carry it around with me. But just in all of these places where the you is and we as Americans I know I say we I'm, I'm putting all of y'all in the boat that I, I roll around in most of the time and maybe it's because I'm an only child and us would say that <laughs> but I'm the center of the universe you know it's all about me and man come to this realization that no this is God's story I get to be a part of some story that is so much bigger than me mm-hmm. you know and, and it helps me to recognize what David is saying when he says I would like it if I could just be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. This, and, you know, he's the king. Yep. He's the big man. But he's just saying, let me just be a doorkeeper, because that story is so much bigger than I am. Mm. But that's what we get to be a part of. Yeah. What a cool thing.
so cool. Yeah. You were going to say something. All right, I was just going to say one last thing because we're at time. It doesn't take long when we start talking uh, about some good stuff like this. So, obviously, you know, Paul, he says, and really just these first three verses of the book, uh, he differentiates between Jesus and God in chapter in verse 1. That's good. And then he delineates between them two again in verse 2 and in verse 3. So Paul doesn't believe in the Trinity. Oh, come is on. That, is that what you would preach out of this? <laughs> no. Well, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and fix it. <laughs> I just, I, I like, I like being that guy. I like being that guy. No, so. He does bring the Holy Spirit into the picture at, at toward the end of this. Uh, right. Verse 13. Well, you know, and there, there are legitimate arguments that people have whenever they point stuff like that out because it does look like he's saying look you have God over here but then you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit over here and that's if you start reading it just go read the whole book of Ephesians it won't take you long 15 minutes max yeah and make notes grab your highlighter and and highlight the different times where it talks about God the Father God the Son Jesus God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you'll see that they have very distinct roles in what they're doing, but they're all doing God-like things. Yep. Jesus couldn't do what he could, what he did, without being God. Yeah. And the Spirit doesn't do what he does without being God. Exactly. And you know, and Paul makes clear God the Father, but uh, you know, you think about. Uh, this is chap- chapter 2, verse 18. Through him, Jesus, mm-hmm. we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So you have stuff like that. You have the grieving of the Holy Spirit later on. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit, Paul certainly doesn't think the Holy Spirit's just a uh, impersonal force or something like that. Right. He is a person that's given to us as a comforter, as a guarantee, a down payment of our salvation. Um, and I just, I, I come to Ephesians and I get to know God better. Yeah. And how he saves me. Yeah. Not just that he saved me, because uh, it's that's gospel there and that's good enough for me, but it is fun to dive off into the how. Right. And Paul makes it clear God the Father did this, God the Son did this, God the Spirit does this in our lives. And it's just, it's a worshipful book. It absolutely is. And to that, you know, this is the, the Ephesians 2 8. It just helps us get this that this is God's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't something that I'm generating or I'm contributing. I, I'm the beneficiary of what God has already done uh, in, in, in me and for me. Okay. That's all I got, John. It's it's great, man. I'm looking forward to just uh, continuing to, to bounce through this, and who knows what uh, we'll we'll unpack here together, and hopefully uh, we'll help all of you to make some some discoveries along the way as well. And like I say, if if I could tell you to do anything, it's just to wake up. I mean, because I believe that's what Paul is saying to to that church: wake up to what God's doing, because it is a marvelous, marvelous adventure that we get to be a part of. In the comments this time, think about some questions. Yeah, us. sure. Yeah, for about Ephesians. Ephesians. Sure. Uh, you know, we'll take questions for other things later. Right. Uh, we'll just delete questions about other things <laughs> if it's not about I'm just kidding. We won't do that. However, uh, it would be fun to deal with some questions that you are having about Ephesians as we're walking through this, as you're listening to sermons, as you're doing all your Bible studies in Logos, Bible software. There you go. I know everybody's doing. Good commercials. Uh, <laughs> uh, it would just be good to 
think about what you're thinking about, and we can uh, at, at least try to answer them to sure. the best of our abilities. Uh, we certainly don't know everything, but um, I would would love to hear some questions. So in the comments, uh, let us know what you think and give us some questions, and we'll we'll be back. Next whenever, time. Whenever we're back. Next time. There you go. No doubt. In the meantime, be sure to share this with somebody. Thank you so much for your engagement on this format. We look forward to continuing the conversation. Until next time.